Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I'm here with my co-host, David. Hi, David. Hey, Vogue. And Nevada Independent reporter, Tabitha Mueller. Hi, Tabitha. Hey, Vogue. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks for being here. Hi, Tabitha. Hey, David. (laughs) Just completing that circle, (laughs) y'all. And yep, we're going there. We're going to talk about the election. But we're also going to talk about election night pizza. (laughs) And then we'll hear a little bit about the latest COVID numbers. Because, yeah, that's not over yet. It's Friday, November 11th, 2022. I'm Vogue Robinson, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Okay, so... Tabitha, you've been following this election very closely. As of right now, it's 11-14 on Thursday. (laughs) Uh, What races in Nevada are pretty safe to call at this point? So I think that most of the local races were starting to see calls in. Obviously, we also saw from the independent side and also the Associated Press a call for Mark Amaday up in the Congressional District 2 in northern Nevada. That's, I think, one of the most significant race calls that we've seen, along with the race call for Attorney General Aaron Ford. He's the Democratic Attorney General who is an incumbent and is running and was running against Seagal Chata from Las Vegas. Now, Mark Mark Amaday was a no-brainer, though. I mean, you could have called that before the election, so I'm just going to say yeah. that right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, a fun fact about that race is that no Democrat has ever served in that seat, as far as I am aware. Yeah, since it was created. So. I think so, too. Oh. I'm going to go fact check myself. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do. Other than that, so what else has been kind of surprising that you've seen this election? I think we... I don't know if it's surprising so much as just we're all waiting for those Senate results and the governor's race. I mean, those are going to those are at kind of at a razor's edge right now. And Lombardo is more ahead of Sislak than I think Laxalt is ahead of Catherine Cortez Masto. I need to check the latest numbers. But it all kind of is going to come down to the remaining ballots, both up in Washoe County and down here in Clark County as well. Mm-hmm. I think we have maybe about 110,000 outstanding ballots that still need to be counted, but we're still expecting ballots to keep coming into election offices through Saturday. What about you, David? Well, I mean, I'm not surprised how long it's taking. That was nope. in. <laughs> that was preordained just the way that we do voting here in Nevada. And a lot of people who are looking at us, and by a lot of people, I'm meaning the entire universe, uh, because the balance of the U.S. Senate is in the balance. I was surprised at a lot of the the ballot splitting that occurred. In other words, that some people were really not voting for one candidate, but then voting for a candidate of a different party. It's really interesting to me how they're not in lockstep either. So we're not seeing the same margins from one race to the other as far as discrepancy. So Lombardo and Sislak way, way apart. Then you've got Cortez Masto and Laxalt who are a little bit closer. And that was kind of anticipated. But then you've got some of the state constitutional races and they're all flip floppy. You got Cisco Aguilar, who's ranked for secretary of state against Jim Marchant, the election denier, uh, being very, very, very close. 
Zach Conine running against Michelle Fiore for treasurer, a little bit wider. And then you've got Aaron Ford flipping the script, and apparently Nevada Independent has called that one already. And I think some of it, too, at least in Ford's race and Conine's, were the Republicans who said, we are Republicans for Ford, or we are Republicans for Conine, right? You saw Amy Tarkanian, who used to be a Republican Party leader, kind of coming forward and saying, we need to elect Ford and we need to elect Conine. And so I think that's some of the reason for that split ticket voting that we're seeing, as well as people's perspectives differing on, you know, national level issues versus state level issues. Mm. And I think abortion rights do play some role in that as well. I I think at the end of the day, though, I am most surprised by Chata's poor performance, given all her counterparts, even though there were gradients of difference. She was the only one who was just clearly on the wrong side the whole way through. In other words, on the wrong side of of the vote getting. Yeah. Mm. And I think, though, that that Republican crossover for Ford was very public, right? You saw lots of statements. They held multiple events. and, And I wonder if that played a role in it at all. Yeah, I think that's the only one that really surprised me. I feel like everyone was saying that Aaron Ford wasn't going to get elected. And I was like, really? I feel like he's been very, I don't know, I feel like I've seen him not just, his team is very good at making sure that he's visible and throughout the community. And so I felt like, mm, yeah. I would think or I would hope so. But, you know, we'll see what, I, 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 this is me all the time. I'm just like, fingers crossed all the way through. I just watch and I'm just like, I don't, nothing counts until it's all the way counted. Like, <laughs> Even when things get called, I'm like, in two days, it could be completely different. There are boxes upon boxes of ballots. Um, But I guess my question for y'all is, what do you think is next? What do we have to look forward to? Ballots coming in. (laughs) In short, I think it's just going to come down to when the counts start rolling in, both from Clark and Washoe County. We are expecting, you know, there might be some ballots out in the rural communities, but most of those are already counted, I believe, as of right now. So it's going to really come down to the two most populous counties here in Nevada. Mm -hmm. I don't know, David, what do you think? I don't know. I mean... Vogue, are you ready for a bunch of lawsuits about this stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Because it just seems like, you know, uh, everyone is prepping in their minds, at least, or prepping the public for there being lawsuits from the losing side. You get a lawsuit. Yeah. You get a lawsuit. (laughs) So I I think we saw a little preview with the Catherine Cortez Masto uh, last minute suit uh, in Clark County to try to keep the polls open. That failed. Their claims were people were being disenfranchised because of the system. They were getting turned away. That did not convince a judge to do any action now, but it could set some ground for future litigation. Ironically, uh, if Catherine Cortez wins, I wonder if Laxalt would pick up that same charge saying, you know, my voters were turned away and the whole system is not fair. So let's throw it out. So, yeah, speaking of processes in Nevada, the other processes that we should probably talk about is what journalists do and what journalists eat (laughs) in the process of waiting for uh, results from elections. So I have been told it's all about the pizza. Election night pizza is a thing. Tabitha, can you confirm or deny? (laughs) (laughs) Well, so, yes, election night pizza is a time-honored tradition, I think, amongst the journalist community. And I think part of that has to do not only with the price of pizza being, you know, pretty cheap, it's fast, 
it's easy. I know for me, sometimes I forget to eat when like there's lots of stressful times going on or drink water. I know there were a couple people texting me being like, have you eaten? Have you had water yet? Aww. Like, are you taking care of yourself? And so when you do have that election night, it's kind of like, well, I need calories and pizza sort of fits the bill. <laughs> and I think it signifies to people we're working hard. We're not going to stop for any fancy food. We're just going to nourish and continue for you, the people. Right. Yeah. Honestly, if you have a journalist as like a friend or in your life, send them pizza on election night and they will appreciate you forever. <laughs> we did like informal polling of local Las Vegas newsrooms and we got some of their pizzas too. I was like, David, I know you talked to a couple of folks. What did, what did you hear from well, KNPR? Well, yeah, we got our spies in all the newsrooms. You know, uh, we're an upstart here over at CityCast Las Vegas. Um there were definitely variety of pizza choices. So I heard over at the KNPR newsroom, they went to old school Vegas favorite Metro Pizza, mm-hmm. got their cheese, got their pepperoni on. That was like big over there. We hear from the Review Journal that they did the Broadway pizza tradition for them. And I, I've i been hearing about Broadway pizza and, and the Review Journal for years and years and years. It's close mm. by Broadway Pizza, old school, in my neighborhood, kind of downtown adjacent, and the RJ is kind of downtown adjacent the other way, so makes a lot of sense. I heard they actually ordered like 14 pies over there, Jesus. which got devoured <laughs> and uh, really digging deep, as CityCast Las Vegas likes to do. Sounds like the the sausage went first, then the pepperoni, then the... Canadian bacon and pineapple. Oh, yeah, is that even a pizza? Wait, are you guys fans of pineapple on pizza? I do uh, eat pineapple on pizza. Yeah, no, that's oh, Revogue and I split. So that's why they have both of us. So as the co-hosts, <laughs> we have to have diversion opinions on many things. Pizza's one. I'm a big fan of pineapple on pizza, so I'm with uh, you, Vogue, on that uh, one. Sorry, it's Dave. It's about the dead flavor to palette. We do triple P. We do pepperoni, pineapple, and pepperoncinis because you need to have sweet and spicy. This is about flavor, David. Get I right. agree. I like the pepperoncini. I'm a big pepperoncini. So- I actually like to do the pepperoni with pineapple with black olives, but I've never tried it with the pepperoncini. Do you think that having the black olives on there enhances your reporting ability um, as (laughs) as a political reporter? Do you you feel like it just sort of balances you out? This reporting was fueled by Domino's pizza (laughs) and black olives. Um, You know, I I cannot confirm nor deny that in part because I did not have that pizza on election night. Um, Yeah, what'd you have, Tabitha? So we got together with a couple of other reporters because we're all, you know, there's a lot of us up north that are pretty remote. So a couple of us got together and uh, we ordered Domino's pizza, two kind, one vegetarian. So we did feta and spinach as one. And then the Mm. other one was just plain pepperoni pizza. So and, you know, Domino's is effective. You know exactly. You could have it delivered even. It's great. (laughs) The simple things. <laughs> it's not like phenomenal pizza. You're going to get, get dragged. You're going to get dragged by your fellow journalists. Where where else were people going, Vogue? Where where else? I mean, were there other dominoes in the mix in our in our spy uh, network? So here's what I'm seeing. <laughs> Apparently, the Sun, the business editor, says that they got pizza at the Sun. They got it from Grimaldi's Pizza, and his uh, favorite was Green the Valley. Lovers. Uh, the Nevada Current. Um, MJ said they didn't get any newsroom pizza because they're not in the newsroom <laughs> they were working remotely so uh, no no none of that no and pizza then for MJ for News 3 reporter Brett Forrest says that the newsroom got theirs from Napoli's Pizzeria so okay. their popular flavors were barbecue chicken and pepperoni and uh, barbecue chicken ew and you guys know Rio over at the Reno Gazette Journal she's down here and she said in a tweet 
I didn't get pizza, but my colleague sent me pizza gummies, which she had a picture of, (laughs) and they are both frightening and intriguing at the same time. I will say, I like I'm a big fan of election night pizza, but if we want to talk about things to get you through election night, I think you have to start with Sour Patch Kids because mm. it's like that shot of sugar that will like keep you nice. going, but it doesn't affect you in the same way that caffeine does. Mm. Nice. First they're sweet, then they're sour. Yeah. <laughs> so if y'all were ordering election night pizza in Vegas, where would you get it? Well, I... I'm going to go with Broadway, A, because it's really close, but there are so many good pizza places downtown. You know what? I'm going to put Broadway on hold, and I'm going to I'm gonna say, if I, hmm, good pie is my new favorite these days, although mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, turn my back on all the other good pizza places downtown, but- You do this every time. I know I do it every time, because I don't want to offend anybody, and I like to patronize everyone, but good pie, good pie. I mean, Tabitha, you haven't been out. Have you been out here enough to have a favorite pie place? I don't know if I have a favorite pie place. Like, if if we're being honest, I would probably order Domino's be just Domino. because it's cheap and effective. Oh, but if, but wait, wait, wait. We're talking cheap, effective, and just calories here, folks. We are not talking like I am looking for phenomenal pizza. Like up in northern Nevada, Smiling with Hope. They hand make their crust. It's a Ooh. local business. Highly recommend. But for election night pizza where you're just like, I need the hot, cheesy mess that is going to fuel me. Probably something more generic. But uh, I'd probably take any of David's recommendations. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> Vogue, you what about you? What's your pizza I mean, joint? It's always fast and dirty. So like, if it's election night, then I go all the way down to the bottom of the pole and I go get some Little Caesars because you can go and pull it out of the machine and then you leave. And they have extra most bestest. So you can have like a la- the layer of cheese is the same width as the layer of bread. Uh, you know, that's really all I need. Fun fact is uh, Michelle Rendell's swears by Little Caesars Pizza and the $5 the deals. Pizza, pizza. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> rock, rock. You know what? I'm just a snob here and I'm sorry. But, you know, I guess this conversation just making me fall in love with both of you guys again. So Tabitha Aww. and Fogue, you're, you're sisters in pizza. And I really I respect and admire your bad pizza choices. <laughs> Hey, at least we can admit they're bad. <laughs> exactly. Shout out to Michelle, who's the independent reporter who, you know, is in solidarity with me. And side note, the Las Vegas Pizza Festival is taking place tomorrow. So, oh. boom, we can go get pizza. What a coincidence. <laughs> Oh, now I feel bad because we're going to we're going to shift gears into a not so wonderful topic, y'all. So winter has arrived. And with that also comes um, some increase in some illnesses. So hospitalizations for Clark County are actually up for COVID-19. There's been a 42 percent surge in COVID-19 cases in Clark County and the hospitalizations are actually rising, too. I think we're also seeing wastewater levels rise as well. And then there's been 10 deaths since last week from COVID-19 and Mm. the um, hospitalizations were 82 in the previous week and they're up to 209. So we got to go back to kind of looking at what what our precautions are and how we're staying safe. Um, It was the combination of COVID being on the rise and then having an intense flu season and a new respiratory illness called RSV circulating. So yeah, I mean, RSV has been around for a really long time. I think though that it's kind of started to gain notoriety, especially as officials are talking about this triple-demic, right? Flu, COVID, RSV. And There is no vaccine for RSV. They're developing one still, but there is a vaccine for the flu. 
and COVID. So that's one of the things that officials are saying is just go get vaccinated. If you can, it will help. There's also, I mean, people get sinus infections right now and colds. And I think especially when people are tired and you've been pulling long nights, mm. it's really important to to make sure that you are trying to protect yourself and others as much as you can. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny when well, that's funny. Nothing's funny, but all, <laughs> I, all about this topic. But all eyes have been on, you know, places like Nevada Indy for the numbers as it relates to the election. And as that winds down, it really does remind us that all eyes used to be on places like the Indy when we had that great reporting from Megan Messerly. COVID updates daily. And we all know it didn't go away. And I'm just wondering, do you think that that type of reporting will come back when it comes to COVID and flu and, I don't know, this whole triple-demic thing? So I've been kind of doing some updates. Our COVID page is still going for what it's worth, and we are updating wastewater when we can get it from the county. Sometimes there's some delays in that just when they give us the numbers. But when we've been doing what kind of is a periodic COVID in context where we'll just say, hey, we're seeing rising cases of RSV or receiving, we're seeing this and this is what you should know about it and what officials are saying. But I think a lot of people have kind of moved into this mentality that the pandemic is over mm. when in reality it is not over. It is still circulating. We still need to take care of ourselves and others too. And so I, I think that it'll depend on what cases look like. Like I know I'm committed to sort of keeping people abreast of changes in the situation, but with the election and everything, the election kind of superseded most things that are going on right now. Yeah, seriously. So I'm wondering how y'all are planning on um, staying safe and healthy in this this winter. For myself, I've just swabbed my nose like for the first time in like two or three months. It's been a while. But I, I went up to Reno for an award ceremony. So in I was like, okay, I'm getting ready to hop on this plane. Like I was packing and everything. And I was like, you know, you got 15 minutes. Let's just get up in there <laughs> and like test yourself before you go somewhere else and then waiting the three days after from when I got home to test myself again to just be like it still exists like I haven't been sick in a, in a while but Not I'm away. really grateful for that <laughs> so well, I'm, I'm just getting over a sinus infection really? luckily it wasn't COVID but uh, for me I start getting sick when I get a little stressed or when I'm not sleeping well so I, I think that it's mostly just resting up drinking lots of water and tea uh, you know, taking part in whatever placebo effects that I can, yeah. like emergency or something. So for sure. What about you, David? Well, early on in the pandemic, we bought these like lanyards, these really super cute lanyards that N95 masks attached to. So they're cute. always just kind of hanging around your neck so you don't have to kind of look for them. And I'm still I'm like the last guy in Vegas walking around with this like mask hanging around my neck. Now, do I use it? When I go into casinos, it's like an automatic. I don't know. It's just a mental thing. Yeah. Um, just to, you know, for whatever. But also, travel is a great impetus to remember, yeah, you don't have control over your situation. You don't know what things are happening. So I went on and, and got the the next booster shot, the most recent booster shot. So I've been, I've been poked five times on this COVID train. Yep. I got the most recent booster. And for me, when I had the sinus infection, because we still, you know, you had to go out, wore a mask, maintain distancing from folks just so that I wouldn't get other people sick. And similarly, I, I don't wear my mask necessarily when I go to the grocery store, even though I probably should. But I do wear my mask in like very crowded situations or 
or places where I might come into contact with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm always looking like, is this this place well ventilated? Um, I also have a, it's not even a recipe, but it's like a mentality about a particular soup that I make. I roast a bunch of garlic and then push it out of its like innards, like put all the innards out of it. And then we get like better than bouillon and I get like a, what is it? The rotisserie chicken and I'll like shred it, but then I'll keep the bones in there and I'll just let that kind of hang out and simmer with spices and some vegetables for like a day. Uh, and then and then we will eat that for a couple of days and I'll, you've got to squeeze lemon or lime juice on top of it as well. Um, because yeah, I just, I can't play games and for whatever reason chicken noodle soup is the way to go so you just you just garlic. made this a different kind of podcast i'm like <laughs> just like floating with your voice into like serious hunger overload now let's bring it back to the good parts of fall and winter uh, i already brought up food because that's me that's who i am as a person <laughs> so what are holiday or winter dishes that y'all uh, are looking forward to the most I love that this is becoming the food episode. I mean, even the election stuff was food for your brain. It was. So a lot of, <laughs> lot of fillings there. Um, I, you know, I'm going to go with my Jewish roots here. Uh, I am always looking forward to Latka Fest, Latka Fest 2022. Latka, Latka, Latka. Uh, yeah, we got our potatoes. Tell us what a Latka is. Oh, uh, it's basically a fried up potato pancake. I mean, that's that's your core. But also, they're I'm, delicious. They are delicious, and they taste really, really good with applesauce. Although there are going to be some people out there who are like, "Are you kidding me? Sour cream?" That's my Jewish impression. I'm allowed to do that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Lakas is best. But I'm also going to dive into Jewish Jewish baking. I'm going to do some Jewish baking because that's in my in my family history. That's in my blood. So uh, don't be surprised if everybody gets a little babka loaf uh, as a holiday gift from me. Babka. Babka is just kind of a braided, bready, cakey thing. It's got Mm -hmm. a lot of cream cheese in it. It's really good. Nice. How about you, Tabitha? Oh, man. So I really like making ice cream, which I know we're talking, wait, wait, but peppermint ice cream (gasps) with hot chocolate. And for those of you that like like a little alcohol in your hot chocolate, some peppermint schnapps too. Look, (laughs) continue. So I that's like one of the things that is on my list. Uh, I also really enjoy baking. So obviously we'll have the classic Christmas cookies, but also I enjoy a good cheesecake. And I'm trying to think of other. Um, so my family's Norwegian, so we'll do some traditional uh, recipes from there. And uh, my mom always makes this uh, bread, not bread pudding, uh, rice pudding but you put an almond in it uh right around the holidays and then you you eat it with family and whoever gets the almond gets like a prize it's sort of a silly little tradition uh, but i really enjoy it i love that so much what are the prizes i you know it's it's sometimes usually it's something funny or silly uh, sometimes you know those Christmas. Uh, I don't know what they're called, but they they break apart the crackers. They're English. You pull them, and then there's stuff in the middle of them. That's something that we do sometimes. So my mom's also really big into making these uh, cinnamon rolls, but she doesn't make them like a traditional cinnamon roll. She does the dough and everything, but then shapes it into a star or other sort of holiday designs. Yes, magic. Your mother is magic. Yeah. David and Tabitha, thank you so much for this awesome conversation. Stay safe and uh, we'll keep our eyes open for these uh, election results. 
Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on here and chat with you guys. Yeah, thanks, Vogue. You're the best. And uh, I'm looking for that too. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Our lead producer is Sonia Cho Swanson, and our producer is Layla Muhammad. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets, and our hosts are me, Vogue Robinson, and David Figler. Music is by OG Moose and All the Kimonos. We record this show on the traditional homelands of the new movie, the Southern Paiute people. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Take care.